0: Thank you, God, for letting us be here together today. I pray for your kingdom to come, your will to be done during this short time here. We want to meet with you, and everything you've prepared in heaven, let it come right here in the midst of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I'm not a, a new person to ICC, uh, as Don said. Uh, some of you know me, some of you maybe are just hearing of my name, don't believe the reputation uh, if, we have an update we put out every month, and if, you wanna, if you're not receiving that, tell us stuff what's happening on the front lines with prayer requests. There's a place to sign up, your email address outside. You can get that every month. Uh, we're right now three weeks after uh, the Pentecost Sunday, where three weeks ago we celebrated uh, the power of God coming and launching, giving birth to the church that's never stopped till today. And when people talk about Pentecost Sunday, they often talk about uh, power, power coming. But what do we really understand how the power of God is made manifest in the world today, especially during the COVID pandemic? Lots of people, particularly young people, and I, this is a more younger uh, church, and the people I minister to in Papua, is a, we have a young church. And lots of young people want to change the world. They really want Ephesians 3.20 to be made manifest. I want God to do above and beyond all that I can ask or think. I want that to happen in my life. They really want it to happen. But don't always know how to get started. How to be a world changer. And when you step out and want to do something dramatic that no one has ever done before, you immediately come face to face with your... Personal weaknesses, your shortcomings, things that you thought maybe had you'd passed that, all of a sudden it's come in your face again. And what I want to say today when you hit the wall and you're faced with your weaknesses is the greatest opportunity in the world for the power of God to come on you. Only a couple of people are clapping. Um, because the reality is this, when I move out in my weaknesses, God also moves out in my weaknesses. I'm going to say this one more time because you've got to hear this clearly. If you don't hear anything today, hear this one sentence. When I move out in my weaknesses, God also moves out in my weaknesses. There's a combination here that's dynamic that we've only started to understand during the COVID pandemic. If you go back to Matthew 14, verse 22 and on, there's a little story in the Bible about Jesus walking on the water, coming to the boat where his disciples are, and he calls out to Peter, Hey, Peter, get out of the boat, come walk to me. And Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking on the water to Jesus, and he's doing it. He's walking on the water until he starts hearing the roar of the waves and the wind. And he looks at it and all of a sudden he starts to think. Okay, bring yourself in this little story. I want to ask you what is the boat? What is the boat in your life? Your comfort zone? The place where you know how to function really well? The place where you can. Minister to other people effectively. You know how to do it in this environment. It's cool. I, I'm, 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 I know this place. And to get out of that comfort zone is what Jesus is saying to you. And walking on the water. What is the water? In your life, what is the water? It's those everyday obstacles that come after you that say you can't do it you don't have what it takes, that is opposing you, and to get out of that comfort zone, and to face-to-face with those oppositions, and to keep on watching Jesus where he's leading you, you can do it. But at the point when you start focusing on those limitations, and looking at them, all of a sudden you start to sink. Little story, but huge impact. And we're learning about that during these last year and a half. We need a generation, guys, that will rise up and exceed the limitations of the prior generation. A a generation that, you know, what we do, what we often do is one generation finds something entrepreneurial. They do something that's never been done, and it gets passed on. That gets passed on to the next generation. That next generation receives it and they keep it going. And sometimes they even make it more organized, more systematic, more dressed up and looking nice. But it's nothing new and entrepreneurial. It got pioneered by this generation and has kept on going by this generation. And guys, we need a generation here in Indonesia, in Bali, that's gonna say, hey, I don't want the limitations of the last generation. I really want to think out of the box, you know. I don't really like that word. Think out of the box. I've thrown that away. Think without the box. There is no box. Say it with me. There is no box anymore. One, two, three. There is no box anymore. COVID has taken away the box. There's no box. And guys, you can think creatively out of, you can think uh, insanely. I always say, hey, I want to mimpigila. I want to uh, dream uh, insanely because In Indonesia, we have this word called gila, G-I-L-A. But most people don't know what it means. It means the girasi ingin lawatan Allah. the generation that longs for the move of God. And guys, I really want to see a generation that, hey, I want to think insanely for God, something that's never been happened, never happened before. And this is a I have a I have a, a, a thing I've made uh, I'm talking about light right now. It's called PPT, not PPE, <laughs> PPT. Post-pandemic transformation. We right now need a generation that's going to say, "Hey, we want post-pandemic transformation. It's not going back to the normal. But, but I don't know what it is in Bali, but in Papua, most people and organizations had three. Uh, different attitudes towards the the pandemic one was oh we're just going to wait it out hold on to get back to the old normal wrong there's never going to be an old normal there's a second one that said hey we're house church network we're meeting in homes so this restrictions doesn't bother us at all wrong then there's the third group which I'm part of that say hey COVID is happening because nothing happens on this earth, but it comes through the divine filter of God's will first. COVID could not happen on this earth without permission from God. Job couldn't be tempted by the devil except got permission from God first. So nothing happens outside of God's will. And if COVID has happened, that means God had some plan in the middle of it for something super good to happen. But are we seeing it? It's not just waiting it out. It's saying, hey, God is opening new doors through all that's happening. We better see those doors and run through them as fast as we can because the power of God is right there. Post-pandemic transformation. It's never going to be the same. It's brand new. So post-pandemic worship that no longer, yeah, I love having a great band. We're blessed in Papua, some of the best recording our, we have new songs every week. Have you had new songs during COVID? We've had new songs all the time because David wrote all of his songs in his hardest times of his life. So you better have new songs during COVID because it's all talking about what God is doing in our life during these hard times. We've had new songs. I love music, but with post-pandemic transformation, doesn't need a band anymore. It doesn't need lights and whistles. It can happen in the pasar. It can happen in the market worshiping God. It's worshiping God on the ball field. It's worshiping God in the school. It's worshiping God waiting for a grab taxi. It's worshiping God anywhere and everywhere. Transformation of worship. Transformation of prayer. Post-pandemic prayer, no longer a shopping list of, of blessings that we're asking God for, but now it's praying with the harvest in our minds. It's praying, God, your will coming, your, 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 your divine purposes, your kingdom coming to Bali like you've got it planned. It's all other people in focus, not us. It's praying for the lost. It's praying with the lost. Post-pandemic transformation. I don't know about here, but in other places across the country during COVID, we've brought together people to pray for the city. To come together, social distancing, masks, from, from different religions and backgrounds coming together, saying, please, God, help us. Because everybody realizes we need God's help right now, like never before. Why not? I like people to see that I'm somebody that prays. I care about my city. I care about my country. Post-pandemic community. We've talked about the word church, and sometimes I think the word church has maybe lost its entire meaning. But really, it's worth talking about community, God's community and the general community. Post-pandemic community is not house churches. We passed that. It's now groups of people that find transformation in their life through others who are having the same struggles and in the same canoe, and they're they're paddling in the same direction, and they're finding relief. They're finding victory together. And it could be two or three people. It doesn't have to be a lot but this is their place of transformation, God's community in the general community. Post-pandemic transformation, it'll never be the same. And there's things that we're learning that we would never have learned if it hadn't been for COVID. That's my biggest fear. COVID is going to be over, and did we really learn all the things that God wanted us to learn? Did all the doors that he opened, did we see them and run through them? So there's just a couple, three verses I want to read in the context of all this. And the whole term, the title is, you know, is God's grace really enough during the COVID pandemic? Has it been? 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, has given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded to the Lord, please take it away from me. But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. I delight in insults. I delight in hardships. I delight in persecutions. I delight in difficulties. I delight in the COVID pandemic. For when I am weak, then I am strong. First thing we see from these verses is that God, it's God's desire that our weaknesses are exposed. You know, that's what COVID has done, <laughs> Things that before COVID, we could hide behind our religious activities, but they've been taken one after another away, and all the weaknesses that were there before now are exposed. And if we look at those, those and we don't run from them and say, yeah, that's me, then the power of God can come. So God has allowed our weaknesses to be surfacing like never before during the COVID pandemic. I don't know if you have realized the number of suicides in the younger generation has risen dramatically during COVID. And more for females than males. My generation, our generation, some of you are too young for that generation, but our generation, 80% of our generation had a positive feeling about religion. Today, the younger generation worldwide, 15%. And during COVID, there's been a disillusionment with activities, religious activities, because you can't do them. But there's been spiritual struggles coming to the surface like never before. People are feeling spiritual struggles and desiring answers like never before, including the younger generation. We better know how to talk about it. So Paul in these verses, he, you know, in verses 1 through 6, before I read 7, he's given his like job application. <laughs> you know, I have all these things going for me. I experienced things that nobody else experienced. I saw things nobody else saw. I heard things nobody else heard. But we know the more blessed somebody is, the more possib- possibility is that he becomes conceited because we don't know how to handle blessings. We don't know what we really need in life. We think we know, but we don't really know. During COVID, lots of couples, families, husbands and wives have problems in our church, and i have done a lot of counseling. And whenever I do counseling with husbands and wives, the first question I ask is this. In your married relationship, when was the best time for you as a couple, when was the best time of your marriage? Guys, 98% answer the first years of marriage. The first years were the best when we didn't have anything, we just had each other and we had God. They always answer that way because when we're, we don't have anything, we're miskin, we're poor, that's the best time of our life because we don't always know how to handle blessings. I was in a village in the interior of Papua one time uh, in the lowlands of Membramo, and there's a river by the village, and I'm sitting with the village people. I asked them, what do you guys need here? What's your biggest felt need? You know what the answer, answer was? Canned fish. Canned fish is our biggest need. There's a river with lots of fish. I was blown away. Why do you say canned fish? Because there had been merchants come through looking for crocodile skins and they would get crocodile skins from the local people, and they'd pay with canned fish. So the people were taught that the biggest thing in life is canned fish. If you have canned fish, you have arrived. You've really made it in life. See, we don't always know what we need, (laughs) but God knows. And what's happened now through COVID, God is showing us the weaknesses so we know what we really need. You know, we often sing, Jesus is all I need. But we don't know that Jesus is all, all we need until He's all we've got. When everything is taken one by one away and He's all we've got, then we know He's all you need. Any, anything that happens in my life that makes me run to God is good. Anything that happens in my life that makes me cry out, God, help me, is good for me. That's why I can say COVID thank you, God, because you've shown me lots of weaknesses in my life where I need you. Weaknesses in ministry where I need you. Second thing we see, weaknesses is like the teacher that teaches us about God's grace. We're taken out of that comfort zone, and only then do we see God show up and move. There are two principles that play together. One is we have to prepare ourselves, get ready as much as we can, as if everything depends on us. And we move out as if everything depends on God. It's both and. It's not just saying, okay, God, you do whatever you want. We have our responsibilities, but I tell you, God is often waiting for us The door is open. He wants us to run through it, and we're not ready to run through it. In a little bit, I'm going to talk about the challenges that we have in this country right now that are opportunities, incredible right now. We need God's grace at the beginning for salvation. We need God's grace every step of our life till the very last day when we meet Jesus face to face in heaven. We need God's grace. And thank you, God, for anything that happens in the world today that shows me I need your grace third thing, this is the most important, the key, our response to what God is doing in these weaknesses, showing us these weaknesses, that process, the key is responding correctly. And that opens the door to God. Are we responding correctly when these weaknesses pop up? And that opens the door for God's power. There's a question I'm always asked, Jim, what's the key That's for somebody to be able to receive abundant blessing from God. And my answer is always the same. They have to be ready to receive abundant loss first. Then they can receive abundant blessing. you got to lose first, and then you can be receiving. I've lost everything in my life three times in Indonesia. Lost all ministry, all good name, all assets someone else took. I lost everything three times had to start out zero. And every January, God asked me, Jim, this year, are you ready to lose it all again? And I have to answer, yes, God, I'm ready to lose it again. I'm ready to start out at zero again because God's grace is sufficient. I want to see him show up. Who does the power of God rest on? Not those who are super spiritual, who have it all together, look really great, have that great profile on their Facebook. It rests on those who respond to God's dealings in their life, showing them their weaknesses. They respond correctly. The power of God rests on them. Galatians 2.20. It's not me who lives anymore, it's Christ who lives in me. I've died, and now he lives through me. It's not about me. Mark 10 a guy comes to Jesus and addresses him, "Hey, good teacher," and Jesus stops him right there. "Why are you calling me good teacher? I'm just doing what I hear the Father tell me to do." Jesus didn't want a, a profile, that a, a claim, honor. Just doing what the Father's doing in this earth today. Anything that previously has made you fearful fearful of failure, now's your chance to face it and say, I'm going for it. You know, in our church in Papua, we have a a church of young people, (laughs) uh, about a thousand young people, all from bad backgrounds, love Jesus with all their heart. But sometimes they're afraid to fail. They fail so many times, they're afraid to fail. So we have to train them for failure. See, lots of churches train people for success. They don't train them for failure. I mean, this world is real. There's a lot of failure. During COVID, it has been a lot of failure. So we, we all stand up, a thousand young people, and I lead it. We have this anthem. We raise our hands and we say, Goggle, it's okay. Fail, it's okay. Say it with me. One, two, three. Fail, it's okay. Again, one, two, three. Fail, it's okay. It's not okay to not try. Everybody's got to try. You fail, get back up, try again. You know, Don and I were reminiscing, we're the generation where in California there was a move of God uh, 50 years ago. It was called the Jesus People Movement. It was all of us California hippies, long-haired, crazy on drugs, and God was grabbing us all off the beaches and off the streets, all meeting in a circus tent, and there were hundreds, thousands coming to Christ. It was a movement, the last movement in North America but there were no mature Christians. We were all brand new. There was only one, a pastor named Chuck Smith. And he, we, I was made a leader. I'm two weeks old in Jesus, and I am made, made a leader. Because there are no leaders. Everybody's brand new. And we get made a leader and fall. And then Chuck Smith would pick you back up and say, try again, I believe in you. You catch this? There are no, no movements. You're not going to change the world if you're afraid to fail. So when God says, go through that door, go through it, and his grace will be sufficient for you. Sure, you see your weaknesses, but he's there for you. You know, I have heroes. All my heroes are from the younger generation. One of mine is Malala from Pakistan, who won the Nobel Peace Prize a few years ago. She was in an area of Pakistan, pretty radical area, and she was defending the right of girls to go to school, because they couldn't go to school. And one day, somebody came with a gun, and they shot her in the face, and she didn't die. And she said, they can take my life, but they can't take my dream. We need a generation here in Indonesia that says that. Someone could take my life, but they can't take my dream. I'm willing to pay whatever the price to see change happen. And COVID has opened doors like never before. It's all different. I will be glory in my weaknesses. I'll be happy in my weaknesses. I'll meet God in my weaknesses. Okay, I'm just going to story tell a couple stories. Because this is, I can only talk about what I've experienced. Now, when I went to Papua in uh, the year 1977, my wife and I had just gotten married. <laughs> And our theme in life till today has been, we want to do those things that nobody else wants to do or can do. If somebody else can do it, let them do it. I want to do that that nobody else wants to. So that's what took us to the uttermost parts of the earth, to the jungle swamp of Jaya, Papua, to the a malaria-ridden swampland, the worst malaria in the world. And landed in the jungle, and within two weeks, I got a present from from Papua. It's called malaria. Welcome to mal- Papua. Not malaria, ringa, not light, light malaria, uh, hard malaria, plus umpat, with convulsions and vomiting, and you feel like your bones are breaking, and you're on the ground, and being evacuated out by a float plane, and come back again, get malaria again. Every month, malaria. Every, a year, malaria. Two years, malaria. Three years, malaria. Every, every month. I asked God, do I have a, a spiritual calling to get malaria, to be sick? Because I didn't have a theology of suffering. I had a theology of prosperity, but I had to learn in Indonesia what a theology of suffering is. Thank you, Indonesia. No, serious. Because I believe our God is Jehovah Rapha. He wants to heal. I will always pray for healing. But I know sometimes God delays healing for a more divine purpose where he can show Jesus to a watching world through our suffering. And it wasn't until several years after I was sick all the time that it was a move of God. Eighty percent of our time came to faith. And one day I'm sitting in a hut around a fire cooking Sago and a man says to me, Jim, do you remember when you were so sick in those early days? Yeah, I remember, can't forget. We'd see you get sick, you'd be flown out. We thought, he'll never come back. But you came back. You got sick again, flown out. We thought, he'll never come back. But you came back that began to say to us you had something so important we would better listen to it you catch this god would use suffering in my life as preparation for the gospel in their lives so if i can be sick so that a tribe comes to jesus why not because this life is not about personal enjoyment it's about fulfilling god's purposes in the short time we have here on earth i have three daughters born and raised in the jungle we homeschooled so they could be part of our ministry team they're white girls. They're really black girls with white skin. They're very Papuan. Their first language is the tribal language. Their second language is Indonesian. Their third language is English. But they got malaria over and over hundreds of times. Two of them almost died from malaria. A week in a coma, unconscious. No plane to evacuate. We're wondering, is this the time God's going to call them? And only through prayer did God give them back to us. But I struggled with that. I was reprimanded by other people saying Jim it's too dangerous there you need to go back to America you're not a responsible husband and father I struggled but then one day I prayed I said God I know your calling is still on our life here and as a father and husband I'm doing everything in my power to take care of my family I have to trust you to make up for my lack and that day I got peace that passes all understanding because I know God will always make up for my lack and guys if you met my kids They feel like they're the richest kids in the world. They wouldn't have traded their experience in the jungle for anything anywhere else. And they're all serving God in their different professions around the world. I'm so thankful. God's grace has always been enough. Now we move forward, COVID. We went to the city, we started a church 20 years ago for problem young people. Again, I wanna do those things that nobody else wants to do or can do. Lots of people know how to disciple kids who are clean cut. (laughs) But they don't know what to do with problem kids and the majority of young people today have lots of problems the church that's going to finish off the great commission is the church that knows how to restore problem young people so we started taking gang members drunks drug addicts prostitutes bring them into our home and our church got birth so today we're about a thousand the biggest church in papua but when COVID came we were the first church to close down gave Hormat to the, the government. We closed, we started taking it to our homes. But the next week, we did something called live streaming. I don't know that kind of stuff, all my, my uh, young people know. And so I stood, stood up front with four leaders and a dis- social distancing and we did spontaneous worship and I did a, a Bible study. It was cool, I loved it. Problem, it was too popular thousands of people watched and I sat with my leaders and I said you know if Jesus was on earth would Jesus do live streaming? I don't know. I'm not sure. It depends on your tujuan. It depends on your purpose because it's not about getting a lot of likes. It's not about being popular. It's not competing with others for an audience. It's not entertainment. It's all about the Great Commission make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Go make disciples of all the nations. So everything we do is, that's the standard, we're making disciples. So we changed it to Discovery Families, Discovery Keluarga, where we make materials every week, this Discovery Bible study materials for adults, for youth, for children, active, learning activities, where we've taken Sunday school into the homes. Where we do this, we put out a simple 10-minute audio recording because I don't want people to watch me for an hour. just a 10-minute recording, then you discuss this in your group, and then your kids do it with you, and then their kids do it with their friends, and it's just multiplied. All across Indonesia, thousands of people are doing Discovery Families every week, and it's better. I would have never done this without COVID. Thank you, God, for COVID. It's given us a new way of discipling people that's so much more effective. But all this is to say, guys, this is we're going to land the plane now. Don't let COVID go by without opening every door that God has provided to you. And the door, the name on the door is personal weakness or corporate church weakness. So right now, I want us to do this Think. I want you in your heart. Lord, what's the main, you might be many personal weaknesses that you've had in your life that's been exposed during this last year. Right now you get comfortable with God sitting, standing, you can get on the prostate on the floor, I don't care. But I want you to pray and say God by your spirit show me what's that weakness that's been the most glaring that I could hide before but I can't hide anymore. It's in my face. See it right now. See that personal weakness. And invite the Lord Jesus into that. Jesus, you died and rose again so that I would die and rise with you. Come into my weakness. Bring your strength to rest on me in my weakness. Let your victory and your breakthrough happen in my weakness. I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to cower anymore. I'm not going to close my eyes. I open. I embrace my weakness. I embrace my weakness so I can meet you in it. Say that to God right now where you're sitting, where you're standing, on screen, at home. Embrace your weakness, say, God, I see it. Thank you for showing it to me. Even more, I'm more desperate than ever before. Come, Lord Jesus, into my weakness. Bring your victory, bring the cross and the empty grave into my weakness. No longer me, but now it's you that lives in me. I don't have to live in defeat anymore it's exchanged with your victory new doors new breakthroughs right now I receive it in the name of Jesus God's strength coming into my weakness and giving me victory today this hour this day doesn't have to wait as you're praying and contemplating this now for your church ICC at home or in this building What's a weakness that God has shown during this last year? Embrace it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, God, for showing us. We knew it before, but now we really know it. We embrace it. We'll never be the same. Come, power of God, rest on us in our weakness. Show us the new way. Bring out it something brand new. Open our minds and our hearts to the new ways of God. It's for a lost world. It's not about us anymore. It's about our world around It's about Bali. It's all about Bali. It's not about us. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in this place. Let us see it right now. Open your spiritual eyes. Open your heart. See it. See Bali. Transformation, post-pandemic transformation. What will it look like? What would Bali look like? Praising God in every place and every time. People coming to Bali from around the world for spiritual answers. Yes! God's placed that in the hearts of many people around the world. And let them come to Bali and let the answers be found in the teachings of Jesus, in the person of Jesus, giving life and hope to all those who are searching. Let it be. Embrace it. We exchange our weaknesses for your strengths right now in the name of Jesus, and we seal this in the name of Jesus. The name above all names, above earth and below this earth, there's no other power that can take the seed that's been planted in our hearts. Good seed and good soil as it will give forth a hundredfold fruit. And this is good seed that cannot be taken from our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we will glory in our weaknesses that the power of God can rest on us yes in the name of Jesus receive it deeper deeper you really believe it you're gonna walk in it today you're gonna face your weakness and walk in God's strength in the opposite spirit today